What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey, Nathan, you know we get a lot of emails. <laughs> yeah. And most of them are people asking us what vehicle they should buy. But you know the one thing that they always care about? Uh, good looks, like me. Yes, yes, they want the best-looking car. Yeah. No, my man, yeah. uh, the one cross-through line that runs through all these emails uh, is reliability. Yeah, and reliability is a really funky thing because it certainly goes into, you know, the DNA of a vehicle. And some car makers actually pride themselves on making reliable cars, while other ones won't tell you that because in many cases they just don't make them. Well, in this podcast, dude, we're going to be talking about the 12 cars that are most likely to go 200,000 miles, mm. um, according to Consumer Reports. Now, as you know, Nathan, we buy cars and trucks. Yes. Uh, and we keep them. But because, uh, well, frankly, you guys out there get bored very quickly. Yeah. We don't keep them that long. I mean, a year, maybe a little bit more in some cases, and usually they're trucks. Yes. Uh, it's just based on what you guys like. And as such, if we kept something for five years or something to really test it in terms of reliability, uh, about 90% of you wouldn't watch those videos anymore. Now then, of course, as we like to do, as is our way, uh, we're going to also do the other side of that coin, and that is the uh, top five most unreliable cars according to Consumer Reports. Now, uh, unlike us, Consumer Reports actually... Uh, has hundreds of thousands of people they survey. Yes. Uh, they buy a lot more cars than we buy. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, they have much deeper pockets and, frankly, much more uh, expertise in this. They do in that respect. However, the good news is we've driven every single car on both lists. In addition, some of these vehicles we've actually owned or we know somebody who has owned them. So we have some expertise in terms of the personal level. And... Many of you guys out there have asked us very similar questions. For instance, hey, if a car has 100,000 miles on it and I want to buy a used one, which right now is a big deal, can I do it? Well, this first list might actually give you a little bit of insight. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's a little surprising that there's basically two manufacturers on it. Well, actually, it's not surprising. <laughs> it's not, because I'm sure you guys can guess which two they are. And no, they're not American and they're not German. No, and actually, they're not Korean either. No, but they're, they're actually, no, there is one American on that. I'm sorry, I, I, I stand corrected. There it's, it's funny because there's one American on this list of cars that will go 200,000 miles, and that same vehicle is on the Consumer Reports list yeah, of cars. Yeah, although it's a different type of it. That are yeah. most unreliable. Yeah, no, it's a really <laughs> funny uh, trade-off there. Okay, so um, before we get into that, I wanted to thank our Patreon subscribers. Guys, thank you so much for backing us up. Without your support, we couldn't be doing what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, and if you want to help, uh, uh, you know, maintain uh, this uh, weekly, sometimes bi-weekly podcast, depending mm. on if we have any special episodes, uh, just head on over to uh, patreon.com slash TFL car, car uh, and, you know, help us uh, 
by donating some money or, you know, just um, leave us a comment. Won't you please help <laughs> maintain Roman's good haircuts, please? please? <laughs> yes, it's very expensive. For the follically challenged, <laughs> making sure that he has it is important to me. Yeah, Thank you, you. you, you want to you be sure to tip your uh, hairdresser. <laughs> the right amount of money or else your hair winds up like mine or lack thereof. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I had, I had a, actually, I had a really bad haircut like six months ago, uh, and, uh, and it looked like a mushroom was growing on my head. <laughs> <laughs> my wife was, like, making merciless fun of me, <laughs> and so was Tommy. <laughs> you know, have, this is when you go bald, you, you really don't want to go back, even if I could theoretically grow enough hair to make it look decent, because it's so simple, and <laughs> it just it's consistent, and I like that. And, frankly, my wife likes a bald head, so I'm, uh, I'm down with that. So, so between these two lists, I think I've got a little bit of a rant I want to share with you, but let's get down to... Uh, the ones that will go over 200 miles. And what we'll try to do is we'll kind of talk about our experience with these cars. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, number 12, Nathan. Is the Honda Pilot. Mm. Um, and the Honda Pilot now recently has had some significant updates. But the sauce is essentially the same. And Honda does build a very reliable V6. Um, and in addition, this vehicle is not perfect. There have been recalls. There have been some issues here and there. But for the most part, it's a damn strong little, uh, not little, mid-size, uh, off-ish road kind of sort of vehicle. And, um, yeah, it, it's it's just you know, well put together. I was just driving down the road, and I saw the first-generation Honda Pilot, and I thought mm -hmm. to myself, that's a very handsome car. You know, it's kind of rugged. It's kind of boxy. They, they did make it yeah, a box to yeah. begin with, and, and they've maintained that. Uh, they, they went a little squiffy with the front end on their second gen. I didn't like it very much, but their newest one I really like, and... So much so that I slept in one for three days and uh, took it on a 1,200 or 1,600-mile 1, uh, little round trip. And that video, by the way, I do highly recommend because um, it's a bit of an adventure video. And, uh, yes, I do actually sleep inside of it. I remember alltfl.com if you want to see all of our videos in one place because we do have a lot of outlets that we publish to. Um, you know, the thing about the pilot uh, is that uh, they've really taken a turn – and uh, I mean – as well as like the Telluride, right? They've taken mm. a turn for the off-roady. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's a really good thing because, frankly speaking, they're going to have a hard time, especially in the future, uh, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Toyota, which they normally do, because Toyota is really hitting it with hybrids. And you may have noticed there haven't been any Honda Pilot hybrids or electric versions or anything like that yet. As such, they took the smart route, which was they had their IVTM4 system, which is one of the best all-wheel drive systems out there. People, I, people don't give enough credit. No, they really don't. And it's really, really good. It can get you out of a lot of trouble. No, it's not a boulder basher. 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 Can't speak. Uh, but it is a very capable vehicle and one that, at least with the IVTM4 system, is fantastic. You know, I think the Pilot may be one of those cars that – uh, will get posthumously recognized for how good it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, once once they've all moved away from like having gas What's, versions I of it. I can't think of it for the life of me. What's the one uh, with the sunroof in the back? It looks like a little bread van that, that everybody wants now. Uh, the Scion XP? No, Honda. Oh, from Honda. Oh, are you talking about the, um, the uh, oh, um, not the Equator, the no. Equinox, the no, no, uh, no, Eclipse? No, no, no. No, you're thinking Buicks now. Uh, <laughs> it starts with an E. Uh, element. Element, element. yeah. Yeah, yes. the Element, yeah. I, I think, almost bought one of those for my daughter. Yeah, that's that's one of those Hondas that has been posthumously recognized. It's really cool. It's really cool. And I think the Pilot, because it's got a reputation of being kind of a, uh, you know, a minivan substitute. Yeah, right? it is. It, it, it but is. the newest one is actually very uh, incredibly 
and uh, I would say surprisingly off-road capable. If you get the right one. If you get the right yeah, one. Yeah, you have to get there. Um, yeah. I mean, it's got a tow hook on the front. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, uh, it's, it's, it's underneath, yeah. yeah, but it is there. Yeah. It survived our course. It survived Moab. I actually put one underwater like I shouldn't have, and it, it survived. It survived. Um, actually, a pretty damn good setup, but the point is, is that the Honda Pilot, it's been around for a long time. They're considered reliable. They're robust. And in many ways, I think they're overlooked because of the popularity of the Toyota Highlander. All right, number 11, of course, is another Honda, and this is the Honda Civic. This is a no-brainer. Yeah, this is just a car that, you know, uh, except for a couple generations, has gone from strength to strength. Uh, what I like about the Civic, and what I like about all Hondas, is that they're just honest cars, you know, um, except for that little time when they got rid of the volume knob, which they <laughs> rectified. But even then, even then, it had that unusual uh, setup with the two screens that nobody else was doing in front of the driver. And, and it, I still, th I, I've never thought that the Civic was a downgraded car. Even in the early days, the Civic has been a very strong player. Yes, there have been some that haven't been that impressive in terms of performance, but then they always make up for it with like an SI version or even, you know, the R. Um, but the bottom line is that the Civic in general as just a day-to-day -day driver where that gives you a lot of reliability, it's right there. It's all baked in. So, so out of the Civic model line, I think the sweet spot for me is a Sport. With a little turbo, uh, one point is it? One, I think it's a one point five, right? One point five or one point four or one point six. Anyway, it's a it's a it's a you know it's a small little turbocharged yeah. engine. Um, I think the SI is nice. I think the Type R, of course, is it's its own thing. It's really much track focused, but the regular sport um, is almost perfect. That had the little. The, I think it was an optional six-speed manual transmission. Uh, I, I happen to like the SI a lot. It speaks to me because it's such a no comp. It's it's just. No extra filling, you know what I mean? It's just, it's fun. It handles extremely well. Paul didn't love it on the track. Uh, I think Paul, you know, he really pushes cars hard. Uh, he's our Stig, our former Stig. Um, but for me, not, say, not being as talented our as Our wild him, race car driver. He, he was a wild race car driver. <laughs> uh, anyway, but in, in terms of me, someone who doesn't have talent, I really loved throwing that thing around the corners and hearing it just zoom away. It was such a fun car to drive. So every version of the Civic has impressed me one way or the other, be it MPG, be it power, be it handling, or surprisingly, even comfort. Some of them are relatively comfortable, not the R, especially the older one. Ooh, that seat. Ooh, that Ooh. seat. But all in all, very reliable car. I've heard nothing but glowing reports about them. However, some people out there may say, well, wait a minute, there's been some oil consumption issues with some of those powertrains. Yes, it exists, but not enough for major recalls. So nonetheless, uh, they've proven to go over 200,000 miles and then some. All right, the next two in our list are kind of have to go together because they're built basically in the same chassis. And there is a controversy of brewing because of both of these are changing powertrains. So a number, oh, 10, yeah. number 10 is the uh, Toyota Tacoma, number 9 is the Toyota 4Runner. Now, of course, uh, those have V6s currently. But they're different V6s. They are. They're older and newer. Uh, both very reliable. Oh, yeah. But the controversy of brewing is uh, the new Tacoma is going to go to a four-cylinder turbo, and we assume that the 4Runner will also go to that same powertrain. It's a weird thing, isn't it, Roman? I mean, Tommy covered an amazing video. I recommend going to altfl.com and checking out Tommy's video where he covered the new Land, Land Cruiser. Cruiser. Mm -hmm. Because the Land Cruiser, it's a little tiny bit bigger than the current 4Runner, but not a lot. Yet, it does have a lot of the components that are coming in the new Tacoma. That being a four-cylinder turbocharged hybrid, 
right? Yes. And now that's that's one of the engines or powertrains that'll be available in the Tacoma. There's also a regular turbo charge, and I think there's two different levels of that as well, like the base model and then like a mid model. Anyway, uh, the Forerunner, nobody knows what's happening with it. There have been some interesting little leaks here and there, but nothing confirmed. But a lot of people are saying that most likely it will also have the same powertrain as the Tacoma and be basically a smaller version of the upcoming Land Cruiser. With that being said, that's a four-cylinder turbo, possibly a hybrid. Three things that a lot of people who like reliability are afraid of. Yeah, and um, you'll see that with the one American car on this list when I said that it was on both lists. Yes, exactly. Uh, anyway, um, the the just quick background, the new... Uh, if you're unaware, the new Tacoma comes out very soon, mm -hmm. uh, by the end of the year, as a 2024 model. Mm -hmm. And usually the rolling cadence, right, the way that the manufacturers then unveil the next car is a year later, the new after the Tacoma, the new Forerunner comes. And so we're expecting it to be a 2025, but we're guessing at that. Yeah, and, and remember, in between that, we also have the Land Cruiser, which although we've seen it in person, we haven't actually driven yet. So there's a lot of stuff with that as well. So coming that from may, Toto. Yeah, that may actually push the uh, Forerunner back even further, possibly. Now, we, it's, you know, remember I said at the beginning of this podcast that, you know, we don't keep cars very long. I think the longest vehicle we ever owned was that first-generation Raptor. That one, yeah. I would say like three years, 50,000 miles, something like that. Yeah, and I think we had our, our, our TRX for a year and a half. Months. Yeah, 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 give or take. But, but um, you know, we can sort of start to look at the Tundra because that came out now almost, what, two years ago? Mm -hmm. uh, and that has a six cylinder uh, hybrid or not. Uh, no, uh, yeah, it, it depends on if you get the TRD Pro. And, and initially, there were problems with that powertrain. Yes. There were, uh, so, so, you know, the people out there, oftentimes common on our videos and are wondering, can a, a turbo, especially a hybrid turbo, be as reliable as, let's say, a straight V6, right? Because there's a lot more moving parts to it, right? We we, we owned for a while uh, the first Civic, no, not the first Civic, the first uh, Honda, what was it, the hybrid? It was the um, Insight. Oh, the very, oh the very but first. That, that doesn't count, Roman. That thing was so bashed when we got it. Right, but I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying it did have a, a battery. Yes. And we had to replace it at 250,000 miles. Yeah. So if that's any indication of how long, and, and most Priuses, that also have the hybrid battery. So many of them are still running but, around with their old nickel CAD batteries. They last, once again, about 250,000 miles. Or more. But, but you know, 200,000 miles is a big number. It is a big number if you, and, and, and bear in mind that this is referring to the original running gear. I remember a time when you would go 60, 70,000 miles, it's like, oh, gotta change that clutch, or gotta, re you know, that transmission, got you know, there's certain things that have to go. Um, the, those times have passed. There are so many cars now that can go a lot further, and I credit a lot of that to the fact that manufacturing has become far more uh, technically advanced, and vehicles are better made now than they were back then. Yeah, thanks just, to the Japanese. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Japanese and, kind of and the Koreans them. pushing the, the Japanese and forcing them to work even harder. I love it. All right. Um, we're kind of going way too slowly here because we got a lot of cars to talk we, about. We do, indeed. The so, next one uh, is no surprise. It's another Toyota. Toyota Highlander. Yeah, um, the Highlander, now recently it's gone through some major changes, actually you guys covered that, yes. and that's including a longer version 
Um, the Grand Highlander. The Grand Highlander. <laughs> Does that come standard with a hybrid powertrain? Oh, good question, dude. Um, I, 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 I think it might. It might, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that Toyota is going to be moving and pivoting more towards that direction of making standard hybrid powertrains because they currently do that in their Sienna. The Sienna only comes as a hybrid, and the only change with the uh, powertrain is you can get all-wheel drive or just a standard front-wheel drive. And, and there's a Lexus version of that. that they're calling it the TX. Yeah, the TX. Uh, boy, a lot of people are confused about that. That is essentially the Toyota Grand Highlander. Electrified. Electrified. That's a very good way of putting it. <laughs> and um, it, we'll be driving that pretty soon, I think. Um, I'm, I am curious about it. All right, now number seven is... Uh, Another Toyota. The, 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 the most um, built, most popular car in the history of cars. Yep. People think it's the uh, Volkswagen. They think it's the Model T. No, it's mm. Toyota Corolla. Toyota Corolla surpassed them all. Uh, the Toyota Corolla is and has been the kind of the, the poster child of Toyota for longevity and, throughout their history. If you look on the roads any given time, you're going to see Toyota Corollas running around with well over 200,000 miles on them, beat to hell, and just keep, they keep going. Their simplicity, however, over the past 10 years... And this has happened before, but really it's happening now. There are a bunch of different types of Corollas that exist. I mean, a bunch of different types. Oh, yeah. They, they've, they've tried every flavor of Corolla. you got hybrids. You've got a sedan. You've got a hatchback. And they got want, the GR Corolla. you got the GR Corolla, yeah. which is whoa, one of my favorite cars. It was a big surprise, right? Yeah. Uh, it's funny because, you know, we live in this YouTuber world. Uh, and it's kind of split down the middle whether um, a lot of people, uh, and maybe because it's availability, a lot of YouTubers uh, all buy and own Type R's, Civic yeah. Type R's. And the other half either buy or want to buy GR Corollas. Uh, and I love to see that kind of rivalry. Yeah, me too. And of course, it's not direct because Civic Type R is front-wheel drive. GR Corolla is all-wheel drive. But nevertheless, they occupy kind of the same place in my heart. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see, Nathan, like 10 years from now, which of these two uh, will be considered like the classic. Maybe they'll both be considered the classic. Well, it's, it's funny because if you look back in time, old WRXs are, are getting a new lease on life. And people are like, yeah, this is a really good car. And they were. Also, if you really want to be obscure, I mean, the Mazda 323, I think it was the GX or something like that, that had like a turbocharger and all-wheel drive manual. It was, it was like the predecessor to something like the GR Corolla. And the Corolla itself, as a regular car, because I'm not talking about the GR Corolla for reliability, because I sincerely doubt anybody's going to be able to put 200,000 miles on it without roasting the clutch or destroying it, because those cars are driven hard. Mm, however, that. however... Um, Toyota, both their regular vehicles and their uh, hybrids have proven to be very reliable and just a popular vehicle. Still one of the best-selling vehicles, cars, that Toyota builds. You know, uh, I, I think back to, like, the most recent hot hatches that have been uh, unveiled and mm -hmm. how much excitement there was. Let's start with, like, the Focus. Yeah. Right. What was, what was the top dog focus? It was uh, there the, was the ST, and then it went up to the, oh, what was it called? Yeah, see. The all-wheel drive one. RS. RS. Yeah. Uh, has, that has not stood the test of time. Not real. I mean, with, within a small community, it has. There's definitely some but, fans, but, but, but compared to the, But yeah. certainly not like the STI or the WRX. No, no, right? no. Or, or actually the former Mitsubishi uh, Evo. I just can't, I can't wait for people to get their hands on... Uh, Specifically, the GR Corolla and like do what they've done, right? When they when they 
take that little three cylinder <laughs> five hundred horsepower, horsepower yeah. or more. Yeah, it'll be crazy. All right, let's keep going. Uh, the one American car, well, truck, truck on this list is what Nathan? The Ford F one fifty. Yeah, I'm gonna yep. I'm, I'm gonna cut to the chase. I'm gonna say it's also on the other list. Uh, yes, and we won't tell you which one, but it's also on the other list. But I think you'll be able to figure it out after yeah. I say this. Now, the Ford F one fifty comes in several different flavors. And the vehicles that they're referring to, the Ford F-150 they're referring to, goes from the uh, base model um, V6, V6 yeah. non-turbo, also the Coyote 5-liter V8, uh, which is still a very popular option. And then, of course, three different versions of their uh, EcoBoost V6. Yeah. And um, they are combined considered a pretty damn reliable truck which is great but i did avoid mentioning one in that list um, so just keep that in mind yeah so that's a hint yeah it is a big hint we've had really good experiences with the f-150s that we've owned i would say yeah um you know for the most part they've been strong in terms of runners uh, i can't remember I think... any any issues other than like minor like you know, a mirror being screwed up yeah or never like that. N- nothing's ever taken out of all the raptors and f-150s we've owned nothing's ever taken it uh, off the road yeah except for like my like i remember in the last generation of raptor some of the little like fake uh uh it was a, it was like the it was like it, it meant you know how you have vents yeah they put this like um, it wasn't chrome because it wasn't chromey, but something similar that is supposed to make it look metal as opposed uh-huh. to plastic, and that started to peel off. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Oh, okay. So, so nothing, you know, nothing that would like cause you to Yeah, and I, I recall there was like a mirror issue too if on um, that uh that prior uh Raptor that we had. And and guys, we're not talking about recalls. Every minute no. at this point you can't keep up with the recalls. I've given I, I personally Nathan I've given up trying to Well, you know, th- there's an important point about the recalls. The reason why that uh, you're hearing more about them is because of things like social media and guys like us and some of the other uh players out there because th- uh, they've existed for years and years and years. Um that the government has been forcing people to do recalls because, you know, there is liability here. Uh, but you're hearing about it more often because the news gets right to us and gets right to you immediately. There's no two, three-day lag getting into some newspaper and, you know, the ninth page. So keep that in mind. Let's move on, though, because after the F-150 is, surprise, another Toyota. <laughs> the Toyota Sienna is number five. And it is That's no surprise. Minivan, of course, that is their minivan. Yeah. Um, now the hybrid four cylinder has been around for three years. I'm going to say, so that is part of this list. But remember, the Sienna has an unusual history because it was at one point the only van in the United States minivan that had all wheel drive as an option. Uh, it had four cylinder as an option. It had a V6 as an option. And so a, it, did I say was it mid engine or what was it? What was it? Oh, mid, before minivan? that, that was the Previa, <laughs> yeah. and then the, the Toyota van before that. Yeah, the Previa was a. Re- I, I want to do a whole video on that with Tom. I'd love to do a Previa. A Previa is such a cool, like pseudo uh, futuristic thing. Uh, but the Sienna itself, I got to say, it's not a pretty van. It's just never been we have a pretty a, van. Just, they just delivered it to us. Yes, we, we have, a, we have the, the Timberline wood, or Timberland. Woodland. Woodland, sorry. So Woodland. Something like that. It's the it's the 
off-road you want. Yeah. <laughs> it has a one-inch lift. Yeah. yeah. A, uh-huh. But there's a couple other things on it that make it un- unique. And I give Toyota credit for finding ways of, like, kind of rebaking the uh, old thing to make it a little interesting. Uh, they recently redid their all-wheel drive system, which is essentially the very same type of all-wheel drive system the Highlander has, which means front engine, uh, you know, hybrid, and then electric motor powering the rear. Um, and it's much, much better now. Uh, so I'm glad the Sienna's on the list. It deserves to be on the list. And uh, everything I've heard about them from people, they drive the crap out of them. And they just put a gazillion miles on them. And they're strong. Yep, yep. And um, the only downside to it is it competes against the um, Chrysler Town & Country. The Pacifica? Pacifica, yeah. Sorry, yeah. the Pacifica. Which is not on this list, but I don't know. Stay tuned. It may be somewhere else. Uh, and that one has stow-and-go. Yes, it does. Because the Sienna really doesn't, you got to take the seats out in the back, and it's kind of a pain. Yeah, well, there's a reason. Well, yeah, the, the, the third row does fold flat, but the second row can't. And the reason why is because the it's a hybrid, and the battery mm-hmm. is underneath. Yeah, but but they do this. Does the uh, town and country, not Pacifica, does the Pacifica? No. Nope. The Pacifica uh, plug-in plug-in hybrid, hybrid does not have stone go. You're right, yeah, yeah. And Good and point. so that's that's the only way they can do it. Now I told Toyota, I actually talked to Swears, and I said, put the battery on the roof, brah. <laughs> I thought it was a great Bra. idea. I said, brah. And he, Mike Swears is an engineer, at Toyota. Yeah, actually, he's now like the head god guardian of all Toyota trucks or something like that. Something now. like that. He's yeah, got he, some, he went he's up got and congrats on that, Mike. Head Puba. Yeah, but he and he, deservedly so. However, he looked at me sideways, and I think he wanted to say something like, "Are you on something?" But I was trying to figure out a place to put the battery so you could stow the seats, and he's just kind of like, "Dude, I do trucks. You know, just just." Whatever. So, talk, talk to someone else. So the next one, number four on our list, is probably the uh, most hated and yet the most reliable of all Toyotas, and that is, of course, the Prius. Formerly hated. Formerly yes, hated. Yes, true that, because the new one is... Uh, uh, just gorgeous. Yeah. It's, I it's, just never thought I would say that. Once again... I know. The, the world is weird. Toyota Prius, when it first started in the United States, I should say... Uh, was one of the most goofy, unattractive, silly yeah, cars. It was, like a, it was like a silly four-door sedan. Yeah, then, it was a sedan. And, and then it, they turned into a cockroach. Yeah, and then they went from there <laughs> to the cockroach. You owned a cockroach. And we, we did own a cockroach. When I met, when I met Roman, uh, real quick, side note, uh, he, like the very first real conversation we had, he basically said, I am telling you that the Toyota Prius is the new Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, that was what you said. That That's was like I your said. opening yeah. statement. Yeah. And at the well, at the time, I'm like, dude, no, you're wrong. You're so wrong. And you know what? As much as I absolutely cannot stand to say it, you're actually right. It's, it's, look how long it's been around. Look how popular it's been. Yeah. And look at the changes it's gone through. And it's also the most likely car on the highway and roads to have a sticker. <laughs> it will most likely have a sticker or two. And it's going to tell you certain things about a certain type of, you know, there, there's usually some political bent there. But in addition, it's also a very popular vehicle to use if you're doing a Uber or Lyft. Uh, although, I got to say, the new one, as gorgeous as it it's is, it's not going to be a good Uber. It's no, too... because it's so low oh, yeah. that you're going to have poor schmucks like me trying to get into it and hitting their head, which I did several times getting into the uh, new yeah, The cockroach one was, so I drove that to an Ironman I did with a buddy of mine, yeah. and we put the rear seats down and put two bikes without taking the front wheel off of it, just laid it across, put a blanket on one, laid the other one across, yeah. closed it, put all the other gear we need for a triathlon, which is a lot, uh, and we're perfectly comfortable. I'd say that was like a, like a 2011, 2014, yeah, 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 in yeah. that yeah. realm. Uh, it, was, uh, it was not the fastest car. <laughs> 
It was yeah. it was pretty didn't handle very well either. Rick, it, it, I put some snow tires on it. It didn't help. It was yeah. still pretty crap in the snow. But now there's an all wheel drive version. There, there's been an all wheel drive version, version too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, they were very smart to do that. Once again, very similar type of idea in terms of uh, you know the Sienna and the um, only, Highlander. Only Toyota would do like a four wheel drive Prius, where the rear wheels are not connected to the front wheels, and they only like push the car up to like 25 miles an hour, right? Well, it's, it's, only, such, it's, it, it's such a technical... It only made seven horsepower back in the day. The newer one is much, it, much it's more like powerful. It's like it had one use case, and that's to get you unstuck. Which, But that is perfectly, perfectly fine, because most people who are driving a Toyota Prius are not going to be like bounding around in the snow trying to look for deep drifts to go into. So getting out of a nasty situation, that's exactly what all-wheel drive and something like this is for. And I say, well done. All right, number three, Honda CRV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Uh, the... Uh, RAV4 is on this list. So Honda has uh, has that is interesting. Reliability is that what you would yeah, say? Yeah, out relied. It's probably. I mean, we did the top twelve. It's probably number thirteen or something like that. Could or be, just yeah. off the, I'm sure it's just off the list. And I'm guessing one of the reasons why is because uh, there are so many different versions of the uh, RAV4. You know, you have the hybrid, yes, you the have adventure. the prime, you have, yeah. Um, whereas in the CRV, there's really just a couple different types, right? Um, and I've recently driven the hybrid version of it. I gotta say, I'm usually pretty impressed with Hondas. I, I wasn't thrilled with the CRV. It's okay, but you know, whatever. It's just it was a meh vehicle. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. it just it, it They knew their competition, yet they didn't rise up to them. It's it's like the, it's a placeholder. Yeah, uh, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I don't I don't think they move the bar very much uh, mm. in terms of anything. But they're reliable and they're yeah. they they handle okay, or, they're comfortable. Or, or, or maybe it's just conservative. Maybe maybe the way you keep stuff reliable is you don't move the bar. Yeah, right? but because any new technology is going to cause issues, right? right? Especially until you completely sorted. And so maybe the way you keep this thing, you know, being the uh, white bread of the of the car world, which it is, let's face it. It's, it's their best seller. It, it, yeah. It's Honda's best seller. Yeah, and, and when it, they sell a lot, they don't mess with it a lot. No, and in addition, they don't sell to fleets, although there's a big argument about the whole fleet idea, but they really don't. They don't yeah. They don't point out fleets, whereas so, in so, other so, ones. You know, so we're always looking for the uh, spicy meatball. Yeah. By the way, that's my rant. We'll get to that in a second. Okay, well, okay. we got two more to go. Okay. The next one's also a Honda. Okay. Um, no surprise here, and I'm very proud of this car, and I'll give you a reason why in a minute. The Honda Accord. Just a damn good car, and it's been a damn good car since its inception. Uh, in the future, we're hopefully going to have an opportunity to have some really good looks at the uh, older Accords leading up to the new one. But the Honda Accord has managed to put together a very reliable vehicle that is extremely fuel efficient, yet handles well and is comfortable. I mean, it really is kind of everything you want in a vehicle. There are a couple things that's missing, though. Oh, yeah, like a manual. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you, a manual. But also, it doesn't have an all-wheel drive option. That's true, and it's also missing not having a CVT. <laughs> yeah, although they drive really good. They really do. Even the new one that you drove, you got to admit, it drove quite well. It does, it does and a good its job. its hybrid yeah. is so efficient. Yeah. My it's like forty seven or forty eight. Yeah. Right, once upon a time that was Prius territory. Now you've got a full size. Well, yeah. It's close to. A it's a damn big sedan. car. Yeah. My um, new nephew and my niece, um, they bought one uh, about a year ago. Actually, at the very end of COVID, mm -hmm. and they have put a lot of miles on it, and they absolutely adore it. And they live in Los Angeles, and it is like the perfect environment for that car. They fill it up once a month, even though they put on you know four or five hundred miles on it a month. So. 
you know, kudos to them. They're happy with it. Um, Honda Accord is also one of those vehicles that has sprouted other versions of it that have not been successful. We never got the estate. The no, wagon. We, well, we sort of did. It, we had, well, way we back had that in the day. Cross track, cross country, cross something. Cross tour. Cross tour. But that was that was not, terrible. Well, we ha- we did have a wagon, but this was back when I was a kid doing. Oh like, God, yeah, 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 yeah. way back. But not when, recent, when you in were recent a kid. time. And <laughs> <laughs> you were a young adult. Come on. You, okay. All right. And number one, of course, has got to be Toyota Camry. Of course. Toyota Camry is just a damn good car. If you were asking me to choose between the two of them, between the Accord and the Camry, it would be a tough choice. The only reason I would choose the Camry is for people who live in Colorado because it's, it does have an all-wheel drive, drive version, yes. and it's a solid all-wheel drive And there's, there's a performance version of it, or dare I say a spicy version, which is my the, rant. <laughs> the TRD version of it, which... Uh, it's, I mean, it's one of the few cars that is available in its class that still has a V6. Almost nobody else, that's including Hyundai and Kia, uh, nobody else has a V6 in that realm, I believe. And so the Camry still has that as an option. Obviously, you can get a hybrid as an option. And you can get this four-cylinder, all-wheel drive version, which is a decent car. It's, it's actually nice. It's just not fast. Yes. All right. Yeah. All right. So can I get to my quick Yes, yes, yes. Go for I, it. You know, I hate, this is what I hate, okay? I hate when a word becomes cool, and if you don't use it, you're not one of the cool kids, and so now everybody starts using it. And I'll give you two two of those words, right? Fresh? No. Fly? No. no spicy. Uh, so now uh, spi- spicy has become the go-to word when you're talking about, like, the more performance-oriented version of any vehicle. Oh, that's a shame that people are. And I don't mind spicy. Spicy's good, right? Yeah. But now everything is spicy, and it's gone. It's not just cars. It's like anything can be spicy. Hey, Nathan, that's a spicy Suzuki hat you're wearing. Yes, it is, and my love life's spicy too. Um, yeah, so, so, so you know what I mean. It becomes like it becomes. It's cool when you first say it. Another word like that that, that that I hated because of the same reason was whip. For a while, because of oh. because of like like rap, right? Yeah. The, every car became a whip, and then old guys like us try to use use that word, yeah. and it just comes across as lame. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I say whip all the time. Whip, whip me more. Whip, whip. And for <laughs> people are like, well, that's lame. But in addition, uh, there's a lot of other, I mean. But there's another one like that, too. Yeah, uh, hoopty for a while. Uh, thank uh, God that went away. But, but the other one now that, that, like, when we say it, it just is lame, right? Because, like, when young people say it, then it's like they're cool, and, and that's where it came from. When old dudes like us say, and that is, of course, flex or flexing instead of showing off, right? Yeah, I that's another that. That's another one where, where like, um, like it's become so overused that it becomes just uh, just cringy. Yeah, well, but that's that's always the case. And some stuff is coming back. I mean, from, from my youth, rad is coming back. What? Rad is coming back? So I, I'm, I challenge you all, start using fresh. Remember fresh? Back then? Use tubular. Huh? Use turbo. People used to say I, I turbo for something that's cool. I, I, I don't mind the word. I like spicy, but but it's just it's just so overused now, right? And it's like people use it on purpose to show off that they're kind of the, the cool people in town. Did Tommy say spicy recently? No, no, no. Okay, I listen okay. to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> okay. that, you know, and, we, and my generation, well, okay, you're not going to say it's my generation, but we'd be yep. like, that's a spicy meatball, right? Yeah. That was kind of the way you would use it. Like, hey, the, the new type bar is a spicy meatball, but now it's just spicy. Yeah, well, we, we're going to do our best to try to avoid that. I, I like using terms that make people cringe just because I bring up the past. Oh, I know a word that makes everybody cringe, but I won't use it. 
Uh, I've got plenty of words that make people cringe, <laughs> but I'm not allowed to use it. So there's a big difference. We're trying to be a family show here. Um, so I, I would agree with you. Um, that, that is definitely something that is on the forefront of my mind all the time because I own two teenagers. <laughs> you do own two teenagers. I do. And uh, one is in college and one is in high school. And Lord have mercy. When I hear some of the stuff that comes out of their mouths, I just, fortunately, my, my daughter is at the point where she's educated enough to go, hmm, that term is being used by an awful lot of people. As such, I shouldn't use it because I don't want to act like I'm like them. I want to be an individual showing that I'm intellectual. That's always the second year of college because they're always smarter than everybody else. But my son is in high school. Uh. And he's online, so he has the headphones. And I have to hear him yelling across the house. And oh my God, I hear some stuff out. I'm like, dude, you don't know what that word means. And I, I really do sometimes have to intervene. Okay, all right, um, all right, let's so get to the uh, uh, top 15 most unreliable, unreliable. Now, whips. On this list, whips, the most unreliable whips. Whips, <laughs> hoopties. You, you know where the that came, you know where whips came from? It was like when cars were first. Uh, Coming on to the world. Oh, oh, and then so like you, you'd whip a horse. And I think it was like the steering wheel was like the whip. Right? Oh, was, so, so you would drive. Didn't you guys call it tiller back in your day? <laughs> no, no, okay. Well, we, the wheel had just been invented, Nathan. So <laughs> okay, we, I just wanted to make sure that, that I was on the right. Uh, yeah. So um, now before we get to this, this is another. This is Consumer Reports once again. Yep. Uh, and thank you guys for putting together this list. And there's there was 15 on this list. Uh, everything from a Jeep Gladiator to Chevy Bolt and whatnot. But um, we are only going to go on the top five on this one, uh, and it's we actually can, an interesting no, we mix. We can do all 15. You want to do all yeah. 15? No, we, we okay, we'll go both through kind of quick, though. Hey, at, at TFL, you know, we do not short shrift. We, we, you know, we go full octane here, so we've got, we've got all 15 oh, here. Oh, you said octane. That's another one that everybody overuses, my friend. Yeah, so we have all 15, uh, once again, most unreliable consumer reports, and we also actually uh, have, it's either based on the amount of money uh, over a 10-year period to maintain uh -huh. or the number of recalls. Yes, and, you know, to be fair, some recalls, I'll give you an example. My car has another <laughs> recall on it, uh, but it's for the little strips that are used near the windshield sure, yeah. strip. Yeah, and, sure, you know, so stuff like that, it's like, that's not the reliability of the car. That's just a little factor. Yeah, you take, you, take, you take care of it when you bring it in. Right, it. right. Um, so, you know, just keep that part in just mind. Keep an open don't mind. Don't worry about that. I got the list Okay, right I now. only got the seven here. Okay. Yeah, here you go. All right, thank you. So well, you got all 15. Oh, it's a two-sided. God, we're saving paper by actually going two-sided on everything. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, so let's go on to it. And the first one, big surprise here. Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, cost of maintenance over 10 years. This is a big number, Nathan. 10397 according to Consumer Reports, with, get this, five recalls. Yeah, and there's a funny part about that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't <laughs> matter. matter. The Jeep Wrangler guys just don't care. Because that number right there, 10397 I guarantee you it's double the, in terms of the amount of stuff they put onto the Jeep. Tires, suspension, wheels, uh, extra armor, uh, you know, special tops and everything else. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't, they don't care. Um, and I don't know if they'll be able to maintain that recipe in the future. It really depends on the direction that the Wrangler goes in the near future. The next one on the list, though, is not a surprise. And it has the highest tenure maintenance out of this entire list. It's a staggering number. Tell oh. us what it is, Nathan. It is the Mercedes-Benz GLE Coupe. Yeah, or Coupe. Uh, 14,738 <laughs> maintenance uh, with one recall, at least recently. Uh, how many of these did they sell, pray tell? These, 17 like, or maybe yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like no, it, it, Worldwide, probably quite a few. But, but in the United States, they're not yeah. exactly what I call a po popular vehicle. Although the GL, 
the GL series and whatnot do owe right for Mercedes in the United States, uh, to be fair. But uh, the GLE Coupe, um, for some reason, is remarkably expensive to maintain. And with only one recall and that huge price on top of it and the fact that their, their value, their resale value, is about the worst. I think these are critical recalls that they're also, I'm, I'm not 100% certain. Well, it, I think what happens be. is the navigation stops speaking German and then it goes directly <laughs> to something like Swahili. And then you're like, oh, well, i got to return. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what that particular recall is for. But regardless, the cost of that vehicle is astronomical. Number 13, uh, <laughs> once again, uh, not a much of a surprise, the nope. Jeep Gladiator, 11803 on a 10-year maintenance Which is, cost. I believe, the second highest on this list. Uh, which it, is, yeah, it is the second highest, yeah. Yes, it is. And uh, once again, uh, at least for the owners, they don't care. Uh, they, not, they don't. I mean, the Gladiator, now, it's not uber purp uh, purple uh, popular. And for those of you who don't know, that's the Wrangler-based pickup truck. Yeah, or a pickup truck that's sort of like a Wrangler. Um, and it's it, it's had its own issues, especially its first year. Especially its first year. But they worked out a lot of the bugs, I believe. Now, I'm not 100% sure, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, there were some critical issues that had sprung up with the uh, both the clutch, with the uh, six-speed manual. Um, and then, in addition, there was also some issues with the um, well, turbo diesel version of this. Well, so here's the thing, okay? Mm. Uh, the Pentastar that's in both of these Jeeps, right, I think is dead reliable. I think it is a really reliable I, I think, engine. I think that's going to go down There are some issues from time to time, but it is a, it's one of their best that they've built. I think it's going to go, like I say, down in history as being like that four-liter uh, straight-six that Jeep put mm -hmm. into the previous generations. So I, I don't think it's an engine thing, but in the Wrangler specifically, that little four-cylinder turbo is problematic. Mm. And I, you know, this is word of mouth, and talking to people I know, uh, the 4 by e also has issues. <laughs> yes. Uh, and there's no 4xe Gladiator. I think it's coming, but but I think the Wrangler 4xe, because it's such a complicated powertrain. It is complex, although I, I hear they're working out the bugs. Uh, this is directly from Jeep, actually. They're working out the bugs, and they become much more reliable. But anyway, uh, over the 10-year um, period, $11,803, one recall. And uh, once again, Jeep Gladiator owners are very similar to Wrangler owners. They bought the vehicle specifically because they want something they can beef up and play with. All right, number 12 on our list is a surprise. Uh, Chevy Silverado 1500, GMC Sierra 1500, $10,003 over 10 years to maintain one recall. Uh, yeah, that's a surprise. Silverado, yeah. you know, like a rock, Nathan. It, it is like Until a it rock. breaks. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we have a particular staff member here. Yeah, he has some issues with, with the, well, there's a there's that, there's there's the that eight speed, speed transmission, yes. which, yeah, which I think that, is, is the call right here. They, they say that they've addressed all the issues and it's a much better eight speed now, but um, there have been, and I've got, received reports directly from you guys, that there are a lot of inconsistencies with the eight-speed transmissions. I'd go with the 10-speed that they jointly developed Hell yeah. Ford. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's more efficient, and it, in addition, it seems to be more reliable. Uh, Alex, our guy, had an issue with his. Um, let's move on to another Chevy, uh, Chevy product. Yeah, this, this one we know all too well, uh, the Chevy Bolt. They have no amount of money, because there is no amount of money you really need to maintain it, because it's the all-electric version. Yeah. But uh, there was a recall, which basically said, park it outside, because it may start on fire and burn it your house down. And burn your house down and chase your children down and kill them, too. Uh, and, so, that, and that was uh, those little, uh, what do they call it, on a battery? that they couldn't, The batteries were LG. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, GM blamed LG, and LG blamed GM. Yeah. And there was a lawsuit. <laughs> Panasonic laughed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, some of the batteries had... Um, the little terminals at the end would be would be improperly 
connected or improperly touching, which would potentially start a fire. Right. Potentially burn there your were house reports down. of a couple fires, no loss of life, as far as I know. Uh, but the bottom line is that they did address the issue. They did fix the, the vehicle. However, when they brought it back out, they had a disclaimer. Um, if you wanted to buy the vehicle and get this discount, not a federal tax credit, by the way, at the time, but a discount through Chevrolet, you had to sign this thing, which basically said, I will not sue you if this thing burns. Well, they basically replaced uh, all the battery packs in all the affected cars. That was right. very expensive. It was extremely expensive. Expensive, yeah. But they still managed to maintain a very inexpensive vehicle. Look, I, as far as I know, we had a very good experience with the one we had. Yeah, we just sold our Bolt. Uh, we bought... A 2022, which is a new body style, the yeah. new generation, uh, and we had exactly zero issues with it. Not only that, but it proved to be a better vehicle than advertised. It did. Yeah, uh, it, 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 it got better mileage than, it, than expected. It was, it was look, we, we did a comparison test. Drove the out. crap out of it. Yeah, we, we did a comparison test against the uh, EV6, mm-hmm. uh, the Tesla Model 3. Volvo drove, yeah, and recharge. It, and, you know, we didn't quite finish it because we ran out of time, but I think it would have had the most distance out of all of those. I De- think so. Definitely the most energy efficient. Oh, yeah. uh, definitely probably the most usable in mm-hmm. terms of, like, you know, just the packaging of it. Uh, I think it's just a wonderful car. It's super inexpensive for what it is. Yeah, we bought it for 28000 I think, or 29000 I don't recall now, and we sold it for twenty five eight months later. Which And that's not counting the rebates that you are. That's not counting the rebates, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think it was the most surprising car of the year for me. I would agree. And I, I don't like the way it looks, but I really do like the way it drives and the tech. And here's the good news. They were going to get rid of it, but they're going to bring it back. But but they say they're going to put the Ultium in it. And I think that GM has had enough pushback and enough negative press to say, hmm, maybe we should start thinking about the people who cannot afford a $50,000, $100,000 vehicle. So, yeah, I would say the Bolt would be like on my top 10 cars to buy. It's weird that it's on this list with just one recall, though. Oh, considering I mean, the recall was pretty, you know, new it was pretty guy. extreme. Okay, fair enough. Next one on our list is not a Chevy, it is a Ford. And it's the Ford Explorer. And, um, over the course of 10 years, $9,017 for maintenance and three recalls. And I actually, I'm really surprised at the Ford Explorer. It used to be like their rock. Yeah, this generation, they had a problem. It was late. Yes. Uh, They couldn't build it. Yes. Uh, They've just had all kinds of teething issues. Uh, And uh, I I mean, I think, uh, who was the previous CEO of Ford? Uh, oh, uh, you mean the guy who was building cabinets? Yeah, I think he lost me. That may have been like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back and, you know, that Farley took over. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe he retired. Or I, I, but anyway, it was not like for, for the car that defines Ford or has defined Ford mm. in the past, they have not had uh, a good uh, rollout on the latest generation Explorer. And I think the sales show and it being on this list is also an indication. You know what else is an indication? I'm not even trying to be nasty about it, but it's I could easily go into a rant. We haven't received one of those in a very long time, including their I, Timberland. I, the version. last one I saw was at the auto show like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it it's indicative of Ford saying, mm, you know, maybe we not send this vehicle out because it does have some issues. Look, I'm not saying it's a bad vehicle per se, but it has for a Ford product that has shown some real issues and inconsistencies. And you know, Nathan, it's a bad time for them to show issues. Yes, because agreed. because they've got so much competition, especially from the Koreans now. You know, with the Telluride and Palisade twins and the new Santa. And the new Santa Fe. It's absolutely going to eat their lunch. Yeah. Uh, you just were there for that. Yeah. Um, it's it's boxy, and now they've kind of gone down the Ford 
road. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's um, it's 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 one of the rare like a hit and a miss for Ford, right? Because they've been like knocking on the ballpark with the Maverick, with the Bronco. Oh, the F one fifty's been yeah. selling like you know. And yeah. this one, they just went woof. Where did the ball go? I'm hoping woof. that Ford uh, kind of just does a reset. And but now, now there is an electric Explorer overseas. Another odd thing it, that it's it also not got pushed here. back. Oh, did it really? It just got pushed back. Yeah, oh, the man. news. Yeah, it just got pushed back. Here it goes. By six months, I think they said that they blamed uh, legislation, upcoming legislation. Oh, okay. So they pushed it back. All right. I, I'm not even going to go there. Next one is is finally not an American automaker. <laughs> it's a Japanese, yeah. Yeah, Nissan Sentra. This actually really surprises me, although um, I, I do have a theory about this. Um, Ten-year maintenance cost $5,441. That is a lot of money for a vehicle that is not very expensive. Uh, zero recalls, however. And that is, I know you're going to say, well, what about that JATCO CVT, continuously variable transmission? Uh, that's got to be the culprit. No, um, no recalls. And the thing is, is that they've actually fixed a lot of those problems with the CVTs, which used to be crap, and now they're much better. However, this type of maintenance costs over 10 years is extraordinary for a car that costs in average about 25 grand. I'd love to see that compared to some of the Koreans, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe some of the some of the Japanese well, some of the Japanese competitors. Uh, yep, they're well they're not really directly competitive. Anyway, yeah, so uh yeah, it's weird cuz they've been building it forever. It's mm -hmm. not like it's new. Uh, and uh, you know, the one thing, maybe not the one thing, but certainly the main thing uh, that Nissan brings to the table, uh, they're core virtue, let's say, is, you know, a reliability and affordability. and affordability. And so, you know, this one, one of those is gone. Yeah, agreed. And in addition, uh, keep in mind that this goes directly against the Toyota Corolla. And the Nissan Sentra is still a very, very good seller for Nissan. That's why they're still building them. Uh, yet the Corolla outpaces it in almost every way, including reliability. And in addition, it is not as expensive in general to run a, a Toyota Corolla. So Nissan needs to get on top of this. But Nissan, they're on this list in some other spots, too. Let's move on to yet another Ford product. Yeah, the Lincoln Aviator. Uh, and I, I'll be honest, I don't have a lot. I drove it once. <laughs> I don't have a lot of experience with the Aviator. Uh, yeah. $11,691, 10-year maintenance cost, four-year, uh, four recalls. That's the third highest on this list. Yeah. You know, and that's a lot of recalls, man. It's the whole brand right now. Yeah. Uh, for a while there, I thought that Lincoln had its mojo back on. Uh, and right now, I mean, the only... Lincoln that I would... Uh, Navigator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, the Navigator is the only thing that sells with them. Yeah, like, really sells. Yeah, I think that's the one I could recommend. All their kind of, you know, cloned versions of other Ford products. Canadian cousin of mine had a problem with their Aviator and yeah. got rid of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and was but, furious. I don't know exactly what went down because I didn't want to know, but yeah, you don't want to have that conversation. No, no. When you when you're when you're in this trade, you just you try to avoid these things because I, then you get roped I think, in. I think it's worth repeating because we get this email a lot, so I'm going to repeat this again. Yeah, uh, people, you know, have really bad experiences, and we are uh, kind of you know your advocate when, yeah. it, when it comes to the manufacturers. But there's a little disconnect that we should talk about. Oh so, yeah. So people have a bad experience, and they're like, "Can you please give us a name of somebody?" Uh, I can't do that. At Ford, that could help us, and you know, we know the PR team, and that's not their job, and, and it wouldn't it wouldn't help you. No, right there. I, I can guarantee you the PR team would say, "Hey, I'm really sorry to hear that." And, and there's and nothing go to else your local like, local dealer. Yeah, they won't move your email to the right channel, so to speak, or anything like that. And even though we do know people who build these vehicles, we talk to them as well. Talking to them directly won't do you any good, and normally they'll just kick out your email and erase it and delete it and block you. So, yeah, we're not able to do that, but we are able to take your complaints, and we can 
do exactly what we're doing now, talk about these vehicles well, and talk about your perspective. Or, or when we meet with sometimes the engineers, right? We talk about what the yeah, what but, you guys but, think. But think, of, like, let's say, we, you know, we know, we, we have not, we shouldn't say we know, but we have relationships with some of the engineers that um, engineer these vehicles, mm -hmm. like, like Swears, right? Yeah, it's a good uh, example. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so let's say you have a problem with your Toyota, mm -hmm. and you think to yourself, well, I'll go to TFL, and then they can take my problem to Mike's Weirs. Think, think about yeah. what an awkward position that would put us in. Yeah. Right? Because Mike would be like, you know, guys, uh, love to talk to you, but hangs up the phone, right? Because yeah. first and foremost, you know, he is so far up in the company that he's looking at spreadsheets. Yeah, and he, he's trying to keep, he's, he's basically like a general, and he's trying to keep his men doing what they're supposed to be doing on task and taking care of logistics. And, and for us to maintain that professional relationship, there's an understanding that, that this is not the right place for that problem. But with that being said, uh, we also go to events, and if you guys do just happen to mention, hey, you know, I've had a really bad luck with this vehicle. This is what my problems have been. And we'll mention it to them. We certainly but will, especially specific to somebody. Yeah. Hey, Todd over in Greenboro said that, you know, his vehicle is having some real problems with the unusual smell. And you know, we think that we're going to report on this unless you do something about it. It doesn't work like that. No. It doesn't work that way. Sorry. Uh, however, if a lot of you guys are complaining about the exact same thing, then we're like, hmm, there, there's like 50 people who've told us the same damn problem. And then also, let's let's also like um, put our cards on the table, right? Yeah. Um, before social media, when somebody had a problem with their vehicle, uh, the only recourse they had was to tell their friends or, or perhaps right? legal representation. But now, now people, now people, or legal, or go to the dealership. Yeah. Now people understand that you can create a lot of like, uh, like. Buzz yep. by by promoting this, mm -hmm. and the problem that also you end up having is that a lot of the time that problem is replicated, replicated, replicated. But a lot of that a lot of that is also a small problem that then turns into uh, you know a tempest in a teapot, and it's hard for us to figure out which one of those two it is. Yeah. So like like and the forms the forms don't... the forms are just full, right? Yes, full of like people who are very angry about an issue and trying to get other people to be angry about it. In 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 addition. We also know, and I know this from personal experience, there's a lot of people out there for some reason or another who hate a brand. It's like a sports team or politics or yeah, religion. Yeah, I think it's a great analogy. And, it's and, like you hate the Green Bay Packers. Right, um, which, which I don't completely hate them. But the point is, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> the point is, is that, um, you know, if I'm going to go and talk trash, I'm not going to talk trash about my favorite team, no matter how much they've let me down. No, 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 Steelers are great. But yeah, those Green Bay Packers or, you know, those New York Jets, you know, something about them really angers me. So if I'm on social media, I'm going to be talking about them in a nasty way. Well, guess what? There are a lot of people out there who maybe their mother had a problem with a car or whatever, and suddenly they maybe they exaggerate a little bit about their vehicle, and then it goes a little further. At the end of the day, I've seen so many people who have utter hate for various brands, and it's really easy to find them, too, because they tend to repeat themselves or they come up with fake um you know, other identities, and are like, oh, yes, I agree with you. And then their other identities, it's, like, it's, yes, you are so right. I hope you guys can see it's a quagmire. It is. And, and I, we can't go I, and process every single story. And our job is, you know, to report the news, to review cars. Yeah, we, we're and, not really supposed to report to the builders. We're supposed to report to, to you, you about the builders. Uh, yeah. And then it just takes us into a whole different, it's basically like a consumer. What you're looking for is consumer reports, right? This, yeah. is, this is what consumer, this is this why is we're exactly doing, what they this do. This is what they do. They, mm -hmm. they survey, you know, hundreds of thousands of their members, and then you come up with this list, and now you can say, well, these 15 cars are probably something I don't want to 
purchase, right? Yeah. That, that's that's kind of the best we can do. All right, let's keep going down this list. Well, speaking of ire and issues, uh, the Hyundai Kona Electric. Uh, oh, that's interesting. $7,871 yeah. over 10 years. Zero recalls, but an electric years, car. Has it been on... around for 10 years? I guess, I guess that maybe that's projected. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe it has been 10 years. Has it? As a, as a California compliance car? Maybe a California compliance car. So yeah. the early ones were crap. Yeah. Uh, that I remember. Yeah. Uh, but the later ones were really good, I thought. Uh, anyway, zero recalls. Um, and I'm not going to go back onto the rant that we just kind of went through, but uh, Hyundai gets a lot of hate because there were recalls that have been recalls and are recalls about certain things with fire risk. And everybody's like, oh, you're gonna, your car's going to explode on the road, bro. It's the worst car ever, I heard. Mm. Uh, so because they're trying to keep the public safe, if there is a report of an issue, then that can strike a recall. And even if there's no fire, if there's a potential for that, they still want to avoid that risk. So keep that in mind when you guys are like out there lambasting an automaker. Uh, the next one on our list, and this is the one we referred to earlier. Ford F-150. Hybrid. Exactly, the one yeah. Andre had. He actually had no issues with it. Andre loved, loved his. his. Yeah. He actually was really uh, hesitant getting rid of it, and now I think he's even more so. I think he's really regretting it. Uh, but it had cruise control. Oh, too early? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> said it. Oh, my God. Um, no, I think he likes the Colorado. He likes the Colorado, but, but think, there's I been a lot of issues with it, and the fact that it's not on here is surprising. Um, you know else is not on here? Tesla. That's also surprising because we uh, Although it's it, it, there's a side note on Tesla. I'll get you in a second. Okay. Uh, Ford F-150 hybrid, $10,245 in terms of 10-year uh, maintenance. Once again, that the hybrid has not been around for 10 years. It's nope. been around for, what, three? Zero recalls. Yeah. So once I think that's projected. Yeah, extrapolated. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time with this one. However, I, I'm guessing that what uh, CR did is that they took the current ones that have had some issues and put it on this list because already they've accrued a lot of money in maintenance. And I don't know what that maintenance issue is. Andre had no maintenance issues with his. So what's the sidebar on the Tesla? So the sidebar on the Tesla is that uh, CR and a lot of other uh, publications out there do not get access to many of the numbers, and they do not have a PR group that's out there putting out much information. So it's very difficult to extrapolate that information. In addition... Well, they have, they have Musk on now X. Yes. That's all, it's all you need. You don't. Wh why X, you... formerly Twitter, they still call it. What that. is it with him and X? SpaceX. Oh, he the loves Model that. X. What? What? Yeah, uh, no. Didn't he date someone who was an X? I think he has like a yeah, yeah. some X like Canadian. One of his kids has an X. X. Yeah, thing what too. is it with X? God. Well, you know, he's he's a ex uh, South African. He was. He, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he likes to be an X. Anyway, regardless of that, no, the uh, Tesla fanboys, and I'm talking directly to you now. Uh, many of you uh, will not report a lot of issues with the vehicle because you love the vehicle. We own one. It's a great car. Blah, blah, blah. However, it's, it's not perfect. I was just driving it. It squeaks. It does. It squeaks and rattles a little bit. Um, <laughs> my my, uh, my brother-in-law's is uh, is having some, like some of the glue in the back. You can still see the glue. Yeah, and our last our last Model Y, we had to have a three. We had to replace the the the, the lock uh, on the back driver's like side door. Times? Yeah, it didn't line up with the little, the, you know, the little striker. Right. And, and but it was like several times we had to do this. And what would happen is it would close, but then it wouldn't open. Right. <laughs> this and, is problematic. But because of the way they do their maintenance, because of the way that the fanboys do and do not report things, it's very difficult for them to get accurate numbers. And I know a lot of people in the media, I'm talking about people like me, 
who try to get information and it's trying to extract hey, water from a stone. I just want to um, do a little correction here. In yeah. the last podcast that we published, I was talking about uh, the report that Tesla has been inflating their range numbers and there was an algorithm that was changing how far. And I kind of forgot, and I apologize, so there's a correction here, to say that it was according to published reports. It, it yes, was, it was a fact. There, there might be a lawsuit, but it was, I think, I think it was Reuters that came out with that story. So according to published reports, mm -hmm. there was a team of people that would actually quelch investigations. But mm -hmm. the important part there is according to. So it's not a fact. Reuters just tends to be pretty accurate. I'm, I'm just going to say but, that. But, but I just want to be up yeah, 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 I don't absolutely. want to make it like a fact. Smart man. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next one. So that's, we put it, you know, uh, the hybrid thing is a bit of a question mark. So maybe we'll re come back to that some other so time what's in another five? podcast. <laughs> the Hyundai Elantra. Uh, 5,880 buckaroos for 10 years of maintenance and one recall. Um, now, the Hyundai Elantra is one of those vehicles that has a few different versions. There is a hybrid version. There's also uh, an N version. And, of course, there's, you know, the regular version. And there was, I think, a Sport, too, for a little while. Um, pretty decent car, but uh, that much money over the course of 10 years uh, that's actually on the cheap end of this list. In fact, I think this is the least expensive amongst yeah, all the vehicles like a, here. Yeah, with the yeah, yeah, right. yeah, right there with the Nissan Sentra. But it's still a relatively inexpensive vehicle. So, that so is, second least expensive. Yeah, second least expensive. Um, honestly, uh, for the people that I know that have owned Elantras, especially second and third generation ones, they seem to be pretty solid cars, but, you know, keep this in mind. All right, number four, uh, Nissan Pathfinder. Another Nissan, 7,558 over 10 years, one recall. Uh, the new Pathfinder is good. It's really good. I love that new 9-speed. Yeah, yeah. And, and they I, got rid of the CVT, which was an God. issue. Mm -hmm. But maybe because they're going back 10 years, maybe we're looking That's at exactly the previous it, generation. Here. Right, and maybe that recall is the Jacko issue yeah. or something like that. But, I mean, if you're going back 10 years, that goes back to the model that I had, which is third generation. Um Nissan Pathfinder has been through many different generations since its initial small wheel-based basic truck platform. And it's gone from, you know, solid rear axle to independent, back to solid, back to independent. It's gone from having a frame to no frame to a frame again. And then it's gone to basically a station wagon. And now it's current version, which has been around for about two years now. I remember you went to that event, right? Yeah. Um, and the current version, we all agree, is really good. Uh, it's probably one of Nissan's best models. Uh, I, I really hope that they take that nine-speed and it's trickled down and it actually shows up in some of their other vehicles because they could really use them. Um, but regardless, they're saying $7,558 over the course of 10 years for so, maintenance costs. So we, we, we didn't go through these because we should have. But well, the, there's a, but that's uh, the thing. That's, the recall was a broken weld on seatbelts. That was a recall. Oh, okay. So it gave us the the recall. So I'll 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 kind of go through these and I'll just give you the. Okay. While you're doing that, we could just kind of go into the next one though. Okay. The, um, the Sorento. Yeah, the Kia Sorento is actually more expensive, um, and that is seven thousand nine hundred and fifty three dollars over the ten years. And there's also one recall on the Sorento as well. Trailer hitch harness fire hazard. <laughs> yes, and guess who else has that same recall? You do. I do. I know, yes, for your um, Santa Cruz. Yeah, uh, and that, that recall, guys, you know what they do? They bring you in there. There's one of three things they'll do. They'll either unplug the wiring harness, literally unplug it, which is, I believe, what they did with mine, or they'll actually pull the fuse for it, which I believe they've done with others. And in some cases, they won't do a damn thing. 
Uh, it really does depend on the dealership and also the type of harness you have. So same thing with the Sorento. It's the same setup as it is, with, uh, obviously, with Hyundai, other Hyundai products. And I can tell you that that's not a really big concern, although they did consider it a fire risk because I think one of them arced. No major fires from what I got. Uh, the next one is, and it's basically number one. I guess it's a, it's number two. Sorry, there's a number one next to it. Um, but the Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid. Yeah, that one was the recall, uh, was one recall, but this is a serious one. Yes. Uh, it's electrical short causing engine shutdown. That's a bad one. Yeah, and it was like immediate shutdown. There was also a question of fire risk, although that was addressed. That was one of the few times that we actually went to the manufacturer directly because there was a large contingent of people online that reached out to us and asked them about it because there was no statement, and they made a statement the day later. Um, but the Pacifica Hybrid did have that issue where, I mean, it would just shut down. Uh, fortunately, that has been taken care of. However, or over the course of 10 years, which once again, it hasn't been around quite 10 years, $10,620 uh, for 10 years maintenance. And by the way, this maintenance is according to Car Edge. Okay. So that's that's where that is coming yeah, from. Yeah, there's like three different things that they pulled. Right, uh, Car yeah, Edge. Yep. And, 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 and then they also had Repair Pal talking about average yearly maintenance. Yeah, and, and Repair Pal, by the way, I've actually gone by them and used them before. They've been they've been pretty damn accurate, to be I, fair. And um, they also had worst year. But the interesting thing here is uh, the Jeep Wrangler. Uh, remember it had five recalls? Yeah. Get this, electrical system, yeah. engine, powertrain, fuel system. Yes, pretty we, much, we, we know that one. We yeah, know that one. Pretty much anything that'll leave your vehicle stranded on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not grand. <laughs> um, so to, to finish up on the Pacifica Hybrid, by the way, the only vehicle in its class in the United States that's a PHEV. Uh, nobody else is building a plug-in hybrid minivan, which I think is a miss. And they were way ahead of the curve. And, uh, you know, good on them for doing that. But unfortunately, yeah, uh, n not the most, um, uh, not the cheapest thing to run over 10 years at least. And then the, the last one is a Chevy Bolt EUV. EUV. And I'll tell you, I've got the uh, recall. One, uh, electrical shorts causing engine shutdown. Okay. Uh, no, no, sorry, that's a Pacifica. Yeah, there was. Uh, uh, this, kinda, this, this it is, should this, be the same as the regular Bolt. Yeah, this is this is a little, I have to. So while uh, you're, yeah. Well, here it is. Uh, uh, seatbelt pretensioner can cause a fire. Yeah. 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 So uh, that, which has been taken care of from what I gather, there is no uh, maintenance cost on this. I don't know how they, why they put this on the list this way. But anyway, regardless, um, the vehicle itself, now I have not driven the EUV. I've sat in it, but I haven't actually driven it. But from what I've been told, basically it's just like a chubbier, more roomy, more usable uh, Chevy Bolt. Uh, and it may come back as just, well. I think it's a little bit taller. It's wider too, I believe, it's and it's a, longer. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a bigger boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's almost a crossover, but without all-wheel drive. Right, front-wheel drive only. Yeah, but uh, at the end of the day, putting this on the very top of the list without actually giving any other specifics is kind of weird. But nonetheless, there you have it. Uh, we've given you uh, basically the most reliable and perhaps the least reliable vehicles that you can buy in the United States. Hey, so uh, Tommy and I, before we wrap this up, yeah. we're talking about two things that are head scratchers, two cars, uh, and I think I agree with them. So why can't you get a Maverick as an all-wheel drive hybrid? And mm -hmm. why can't you get a Prius as an all-wheel drive hybrid? So the Prius, no, no, plug-in. So the Prius plug-in yeah. only comes in front-wheel drive. Yeah, so I, I know the reason behind that. Right, because of the battery. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's huge. And, and the same issue with the, uh, with uh, you can get an Escape, 
a mm-hmm. hybrid, which the Maverick is based on, but you can't get the Maverick hybrid with all-wheel drive. Yeah, there's a, the Ford has one word reason for that. Uh, packaging. Is, packaging, according to them, packaging. But if you can do it in the Escape. Yes, but it's not the same vehicle. I just, the, feel, I just feel like we're getting short. I just, I, I just feel like it's, it's silly. You know what I'd love to know? Here's, mm. here's what I'd love to know. Please. How many Ford or Chevy or Ram or whatever pickup trucks in Florida are sold as all-wheel drive versus rear-wheel drive? Because that's the rationale, right? The rationale is you don't need it, so why? But I think people want all-wheel drive, well, especially even, even in places like Florida where yeah. it never snows. It never snows, but you get torrential rain and things are getting worse. So, yeah, uh, maybe you actually could use all-wheel drive. You know, I, you, you guys, the truth behind why I didn't buy a Ford Maverick? Yeah. There's the truth. Had they made a Ford Maverick with all-wheel drive, hmm. that was the hybrid even if it got slightly less mileage, which is what I would have expected, I would have bought that vehicle. And, and why it was is brilliant? And why isn't Santa Cruz taking advantage of that? Oh my God! You why know, aren't they? Because the they hybrid, are. Because they do the hybrid. Uh, they got the Tucson. They've Tucson, got, right? And they, and they have a PHEV. Right. And why aren't they doing that with the Santa Cruz? I don't know. I, I once again, I think that some of it has to do with during COVID, all of the issues with uh, the, you know parts and everything else has slowed everybody down. And made it very difficult for them to transition to these new things. That's my guess. Yeah, I know. You know what? They're too busy getting rid of buttons and switches to actually think about like Why what makes sense. Twice. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I think Hyundai may learn their lesson soon enough because if they keep doing that, they're going to go the direction well, of just Volkswagen. Everybody, right? everybody's everybody, doing that. everybody's doing that. Yeah, they're yeah. too they're too Let's busy. Let's put everything on a screen. Oh, if the screen fails, I guess you're screwed. I just we just had the uh, uh, Canyon AT4X here, uh, <laughs> and I, I did a, it's it's up on all TFL. Yeah. I did the solo. Um, I'll, I'll talk about this too. I did the yeah. solo review where I take the vehicle, drive it up to eleven thousand feet, and then drive it off road by myself to like twelve thousand feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's kind of it's it's a, actually a pretty hard trail, but it doesn't look hard when you're filming it yourself because yeah. it, you know the camera flattens everything out. You can make easy trails look hard, and you can make hard trails Especially look easy. At high elevation, people don't know how right. hard that is. Right, and so you know, so like I'm breathing super hard in this video, and everybody's like, "Roman, you're the cardiologist." So first of all. Have you ever been to 11,000 feet above sea level? Especially when you have to hang out there and simply do something as simple as get out and walk around and then grab a camera and drag it around. It sucks and you breathe heavy. Hell, we're at high elevation right here. Yeah, but that's twice as high as we are. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so up there you're down 30% oxygen. And I think people don't understand just how how hard that is. And the other part is I'm nervous. I'm feeling it by myself. So, you know, I can't express that in the video, but mm. I'm trying to, you know, not say uh, which I'm saying too much, of course. Oh, the for, ums and ers, yeah. Yeah, for 27 minutes. So all that combined, trying to you know think of all my thoughts and trying to bring them out in a logical manner, uh, and it all leads to a rapid heart rate. Yes, uh, that happens to me too. I, I go to events and I, I love it when it was like somebody should be losing some weight and going jogging and more often. And usually it's some yes. seven hundred yeah. pound. Yeah, yeah somebody told me I should need to see a cardiologist. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, good hey, uh, have you tried uh, Ironman triathlon? I've done a few of those. Anyway, yeah, he, sorry. he has. Honestly, sorry. sorry. Uh, uh, but I do boxing. But by but, the way. but but the reason uh, I said that is because one of my critiques of the vehicle is that the Chevy got rid of the uh, uh, light switch. <laughs> yeah, so not, now, now the light ridiculous. And I said it was a stock, and they're right; it wasn't a stock. It was a little round knob. Yeah, it was a turning but, knob. But they've put it into the screen, and everybody's like, "Hey, I, you know, with, if it's automatic, I never touch that." And I'm like, "I don't think so, dude. I think I touch that thing quite a bit for mm. all kinds of different reasons." Yep. You know, like like uh, like. First of all, let's be clear about this: automatic uh, brights rarely work. 
I don't like automatic brights at all. I like they, to they, salute they, myself. Yeah, they, they blind people or they come off and on at the wrong time. Yeah, I've seen that happen too. So so now you have no way of manually controlling that. You got to go into the screen right. to switch from you know bright to non-bright. Yeah, and you really have to, I think you have to go into three different, one, two, three. Yeah, they put three. it up top. It's up there. Is it, is it yeah. up top? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, it, but if the screen fails, what do you do? Which, which you know, there's no we, hard. We have somebody here at the office with the Colorado, and they've had some issues too with surprise, the screen. Surprise. Yes, the screen among other things. So, so like, I think like mission critical things like lights <laughs> should always be uh, a knob, you well, know, a hard button, button that can be activated by the driver if needed. Right, right, yes. right. And so yeah, so maybe ninety percent of the time you don't need it, but the one time that you do need it and you can't access it, you're going to be pretty upset. I agree 100%. All right, Nathan. Well, we've wasted uh, about an hour and 15 minutes. Yes, but we did go through of your both time. lists. Um, <laughs> and uh, we managed to stay on track for most of the time. So you're welcome. Yeah, you guys critique us saying we don't stay on track. Well, that was uh, whatever that was, 16? Yeah, you kept your rants down to, to very short ones this time. Well, well I have some great ones That's a spicy hat you're wearing. <laughs> it is a spicy hat. Isn't it? I think it's fresh and tubular. <laughs> it looks turbo. Yeah, I brought them all back. All right, guys. Thanks for watching, and we shall see you next time. Have Ciao. a fly weekend. <laughs> uh, moist, that's the word you don't want to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.